Adam Petey has made the decision to not swim at his trials and he's going to continue training, but he's decided to pull out. But before we get into that, I want to say hello and welcome to The Swim Brief. I'm Chris DeSantis, and today I'm going to be reacting to that big Adam Petey news. And uh, I also want to make a plug for the Magic Five. The Magic Five, uh, I got a pair of their goggles a few weeks back, and it's been awesome. The best goggles I've ever owned in my life. They are custom fit to your face, so you can wear them extra loose. It's so comfortable. Uh, people who listen to the podcast know I started swimming again in January 2023, and uh, I don't think I can ever go back to another kind of goggles. I was a, a longtime loyalist of another pair of goggles, which I won't mention, um, but I am fully converted. And you can support this podcast by buying the Magic 5. If you go to themagic5.com slash the swim brief, and you get 15% off a pair of goggles and you support this podcast as well. So let's talk about Adam Petey. I'm going to read his statement out loud here because um, when I saw this yesterday, I had a really strong reaction to it. I wanted to get on the podcast and share that with all of you who are listening because um, I, have, I have quite a bit to say about this news. Um, and there's a lot of aspects of this that resonate with the work that I do. So um, let's get into the statement and then I'm going to give you my reaction. So um, for those of you who are watching the um, YouTube version of this, I'm sharing the screen now so you can see the Adam Petey statement, quote, everyone wants to sit in your seat until they have to sit in your seat. Very few people understand what winning and success does to an individual's mental health. They don't understand the pressures these individuals put on themselves to win over and over again. As some people may know, I've struggled with my mental health over the last few years, and I think it's important to be honest about it. I'm tired, I'm not myself, and I'm not enjoying the sport as I have done for the last decade. Some might recognize it as burnout. I just know that over the last few years, I haven't had the answers that I'm looking for. With help, now I know how I can address the imbalance in my life. Whilst I am continuing to train, I have decided to withdraw from the British Swimming Championships next month. This is the sole purpose of delivering the best, with the sole purpose of delivering the best performance possible in Paris at the 2024 Olympic Games. I am hugely grateful for all the support I am receiving from my team and family at British Swimming, along with my incredible sponsors, family, and friends. As always, I thank the swimming community and beyond for the incredible support I've forever received. The sport has given me everything I am, and I'm looking forward to finding the love I have for it again. So quite a um, quite a thoughtful statement by Adam Peaty, and I just want to start before I say anything else, um, by giving giving my initial take, which is I believe Adam Peaty when he says this. Okay, um, when Adam Peaty starts talking about uh, the pressure that an individual puts on themselves to win over and over again, and talks about his decade essentially as an elite level international swimmer, um, I believe him. I believe him that that has meant a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure that he has put on himself. And I would add that he doesn't specifically mention this as a statement, but I have the insight of knowing that Adam Petey is trying to do stuff that goes well beyond swimming fast. He is trying to influence the sport of swimming in a way that goes way beyond, you know, um, changing the way people view breaststroke, right? Um, 
one of the initiatives that he is that I've, I've had the chance just to be lightly involved in is um, through his company that he's actually trying to launch a lot of initiatives for the mental health of athletes and also mental health of coaches. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, so that has made me much more of an Adam Petey fan than I used to be just knowing, um, where his heart is and where, where he is trying to affect the most change in the sport. I think that's a really positive thing. I am really happy. Um, even though this is sad news for him, I'm really happy to have somebody like him involved in the sport and somebody advocating for a lot of this stuff in the way that he is advocating for it. And I believe him on the level of this is a, this is actually a pretty common story with people. And you don't even have to be all the way up at the top to um, have a, a, a similar experience to the one Adam describes in this, when he talks about the pressure that people put on themselves to be at their best, when he talks about struggling with his mental health and how that coincides with competing um, at the highest possible level for him, which just so happens to be uh, world-class swimming, right? Um, basically, at some point, uh, virtually unbeatable in 100 breaststroke, right? Um, I think that uh, that is that is a, that is extremely common. And the reason for that, and I've talked about this on a lot of other podcasts, but it's giving me the opportunity to discuss this once again, is that most people's default motivational system, most people's um, go-to way of motivating themselves is through pressure on themselves. And I should say, since Adam is trying to do even more things, I bet he actually feels additional pressure, right? That, that he has got to sustain some of the swimming because that sustains all the things in some, in some part of his mind that he's trying to do outside of purely, you know, swimming fast, right? That, that, you know, people aren't going to support these other things that he is trying to achieve if he's not continuing to maintain his level um, of swimming. And we'll get into that a little bit, uh, I think here as we go, but most people's default way of motivating themselves is to put a lot of pressure on themselves, is to uh, apply a lot of sort of like do this or else kind of sentiment. I always, uh, the, the, the phrase that I always use to describe this is the pressure that you put on yourself saying, if you, if you don't do X, right. If you don't wake up right now and train, if you don't go to this meet, then you won't, you know, you imagine um, not achieving your goal on the other end. And the reason why we have this as a, as a default system is um, I, I'm not alone in, in my theory um, of this, but, but as I think about it, um, we were built with this system um, as human beings, as a survival mechanism, right? That in a, in a time when the world was really dangerous, when there were lots of threats that literally, if we didn't, um, then we wouldn't be alive. Um, it was good to have a system, a motivational system in place like this. This was evolutionary adaptation. Um, the people who weren't built with this kind of hardwired pessimism, if they did exist. And I, I, I think maybe um, there was uh, some, some vestiges of this uh, through parts of history. They generally didn't survive. They didn't procreate and they didn't 
Um, so we are we are the descendants, I think, of a long, long line of people who um, were really strong and really naturally gifted <laughs> in this type of motivation um, because it kept us alive and because it kept us moving forward. Um, the problem with this system and the, and the, the the part of this that I really want to dig in is as I, I as at the same time that I can read this statement by Adam Peaty and immediately say like I believe him I understand what's going on with him um, it is an all too familiar story I don't believe that it has to be that way I don't believe that being your best that holding yourself to an extremely high standard that going for something extremely ambitious has to put your mental health in danger. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's true. Uh, I think that, that I know certainly for myself trying to do something ambitious does, does often lead down that road, but I don't think that it has to, right? I don't think that that, that is a given. And that is something that I am working really hard to change within the context of sport, right? Within the context of the sport of swimming, really, for now, because that's the one that I love the most. That's my first love in the sporting world. Um, and that is, I, I share this sentiment with Adam, where at the same time, some of the stuff that I've done around swimming and and especially the stuff where I put uh, a really high standard on myself and I'm going for something really ambitious. Yes, it has led me down some roads, some dark roads in terms of my mental health. I'm also extremely grateful for the sport. So, um, you know, I told a story which I've told before on this podcast when I was in Texas over the weekend. And, um, you know, uh, that was the the story of when I started in the sport of swimming and I started and I wasn't very good. Objectively, I was not very good. If, if, if only I could dig up the results for you, I could show you a lot of um, last place finishes in, in club swimming meets that I was competing in. Um, and yet at the end of the year, because I you know, perceived myself as, as bad, I wanted to quit. And I sat down with my mother and I said like, hey, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm no good. And she was like, you do whatever you want. Um, but, you know, and she had this little book, right. And she had written down uh, all of my times throughout the year and, and marked, um, marked all my progress. She said, just look at this. And if after looking at it, you still want to quit, I accept that. Right. And I looked at it and I think it was the first time in my life that I had not judged myself as good or bad, or at least that I can remember, good or bad, or great or terrible, any of those things that I could just see, well, I'm better than I used to be. And all of a sudden, retroactively, all the things that I had done, um, they felt much more worth it. And I regained the motivation to keep going. And I'm so grateful that I kept going in the sport um, because there were so many lessons that I learned from that point forward. Of course, it wasn't all sunshine, but um, I, I think that initial lesson was probably the most important one. And if we bring this back to Adam, 
I think that, again, most people have this default motivational structure that is inherently pessimistic, that is inherently draining and inherently dangerous for your mental health. Okay. Applying this do it or, or else pressure to yourself over and over again. We weren't actually designed, even though we were designed with some of this stuff for survival, we weren't designed to um, tap into this motivational system chronically over a long period of time um, for non-survival situations. And, you know, what it does to us over time is, is it does, um, it does start to impact our mental health. Well, it very like situationally motivates us, right? While it will get us out of bed when we don't want to train, when it, it will get us to give a good effort when we're not really feeling it. it we'll do all of those things in a very local situation. It does. Um, it's like the best way I've always found to describe it is, is, is it's like taking out a high interest loan, right? You get a little bit of money right now, but eventually it comes time to pay the debt and your mind gets to a point where your mind goes, you're going to pay this debt, right? And it'll come up on you um, uh, whenever, whenever it's time and not at a time that's convenient for you, not at a time, right? I mean, he's um, certainly, I think if he could just choose, he would just feel better and, you know, feel like he was in a good place and compete, right? And keep going and, um, be at his best and, you know, be better than anybody else in the world. But um, the the chronic motivation of yourself in this negative fashion, it, it does come eventually. And so that leads into the work that um, I have been doing through Chris DeSantis coaching. What I do for athletes that I coach one-to-one um, is I rebuild that motivational structure. I have found a way to, if you look, if you view all that stuff, so, so people who are really high achieving and hold a really high standard, they are doing a lot of stuff, right? I mean, we just look like on a base level of some practice, you know, they're, they're, they're putting in a ton of hours per week, right? So they need a lot of motivation. It's not like, like if, if I told you, you can be an international swimmer in just two hours a week, right? Like you wouldn't need that much motivation to train for two hours a week. But when you get up into the level that Adam Petey's at, right, where it's like, it's a job in terms of how much time you're just putting into yourself and your own training, um, that requires a lot of motivation. And if you view this motivation as kind of a stack of books and, you know, your, your level of achievement is sitting on the stack of books. Well, if we take away the way that you are motivating yourself every single day, um, people are going to naturally not want to do that, especially if, if what they want is this high level of achievement, because um, even if it's hurting them, it's still like the way that they accomplish what they want. So what I do uh, in my one-to-one private coaching is while we have this structure over here, I start helping people build a positive motivational structure 
on here. And when that infrastructure is ready, we just start shifting weight off. And the beautiful thing, and then that's why I lean into this as a topic. Um, the beautiful thing is when you learn, and it is a learnable skill, when you learn to motivate yourself through this positive stack of books, it is not a draining process to hold yourself to a really high standard. It is not dangerous for your mental health. Um, it is not a given that going after something that is incredibly ambitious for you will necessarily put you at risk. And so I, I have hopes because, you know, at the core, if we talk about sports, really, what are, what are we doing? We have people that are trying to be the best version of themselves. And um, if you're unbalanced in your approach, if, if your approach to being the best version of yourself involves a dysfunctional process that actually really negatively impacts an indelible, unseparatable part of yourself, then I think it's on us to reconsider that as a strategy, to think about how we might change that, how we might um, do it. And I, I, I think I have something. I think I have something in that respect. Um, and I am walking that walk myself. I am not perfect about it every day, but I am finding tremendous growth in it. And I am finding tremendous growth uh, in, in the athletes that I work with who are discovering a completely sort of untapped reserve of motivation and motivation that doesn't put their mental health at risk. Um, that's all I have for today. I, I want to thank you guys all for listening. If you know somebody who might benefit from rebuilding their motivational structure, um, I, I am available for uh, coaching. I have, um, I have limited space, but I, but I have space. And uh, you can reach out to me, christycoach.com, Instagram, christy underscore coach, Facebook, CD Swim Coach. Um, starting to build up to another course. My first course is underway. If you're a coach and you want to learn a little bit more about how to influence some of this stuff, I am, um, I'm happy to teach that too, because more people, I think that, that learn this thing, I, the, the better, in my opinion. Um, and I'm already working on uh, material uh, sort of far into the future that eventually will make its way into a course. So I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to share this piece of it. You can also sign up for those on christycoach.com. Uh, I think I'm, I'm just about to start filling in a second class because the first class filled up and um, I've heard from a few people who are interested in class number two. And so um, if you are interested, of course, reach out um, that will influence my decision to do it. Thank you to everybody for listening. Guys, you have made one of this, uh, this, this podcast, one of the most popular podcasts in the sports swimming. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for the people that reach out and tell me that they listened and um, feel like they're getting something from this. So thank you to all of you. And um, I will be back with our normally scheduled uh, guest podcast. Next up is Dr. Megan Cannon, who I met down in Galveston. I'm really excited. I'm actually interviewing her later today the podcast is going to go up next week. So look for that. And uh, thank you again, once again, for listening. And I'll see you soon.